0: I'm Cowie, and you're listening to the Pass the Mic podcast, a podcast that amplifies female, trans, and non-binary voices and music. This week, I'm joined by Sophia Greenberg, the singer and guitarist in the Philadelphia band Riverby. Riverby released their debut album, Smart Mouth, with Take This to Heart Records on July 10th. Although Smart Mouth is their first album, Sophia has been working on some of these songs for more than five years, while others were written in the studio on the same day that they were recorded. As a whole, Smart Mouth is an unapologetic and energetic album that pays homage to Riverby's influences, which range from Mayday Parade to Alanis Morissette and Liz Fair. Sophia and I talked about how their mom cultivated their love of music, building Riverby's rock solid lineup, and releasing an album that's been years in the making. Keep listening to hear our full conversation. Welcome to the Pass the Mic podcast, Sophia. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I have been listening to Smart Mouth, and I'm super excited because actually, as we're talking right now, it's the day before the album releases. So congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it feels a little surreal, I think. Uh, I, I I don't know why, but like I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, my album comes out like next month. And uh, my guitarist texted me and he was like, tomorrow. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs>
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like especially right now, you know, with everything going on, the global pandemic, I feel like I already have a hard time keeping track of what day it is. So I feel like that sounds extra disorienting to be in the middle of an album release right now.
1: Oh, it's like time is fake. I feel like... Um, I have to constantly check my calendar maybe like every 30 minutes just to make sure that I'm not wrong in terms of what day it is because Fridays Mm -hmm. feel like Mondays and Mondays feel um, like the void. So nothing's (laughs) nothing's real anymore.
0: (laughs) Yep, I can totally relate to that feeling. So kind of to get started, um, I would love if you could introduce yourself. um, If you want to say your name, your pronouns, and
1: maybe your favorite snack food. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I think I think I can handle that. That's cool. I always get nervous about icebreaker questions because it brings me mm-hmm. back to like your first days at college where you yeah. have to come up with a fun fact really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my name is uh, Sophie Greenberg. I uh, am the front person of the band Riverbee here in Philly. Uh, my pronouns are they, them. I am non-binary. My favorite um, snack is either uh, and Hot Cheetos or sour gummy worms. I have an eclectic palate. <laughs> nice. Sour
0: stuff is some of my favorite as well. Anything sour. I am so down I'm ad-
2: for.
1: addicted. I just got like a GoPuff order just of some like medicine and they threw in these Jolly Rancher sour gummies. And I was like, how do they know? How do they know? <laughs> I could wow. eat these forever. It's ridiculous. <laughs> mm
2: hmm.
0: Awesome. So we are, like we just mentioned, one day from the release of Smart Mouth, which is the first album from your band Riverby. Um, so kind of to backtrack a little bit, I would love to hear more about how Riverbee got started. Um, and I know it started kind of as your project and now encompasses some other band members. So when did you all start playing together, um, and how did the current lineup
1: form? Um. Well, it it happened around, like, late 2017, early 2018, I would say. Um, My friend Tyler, who's the guitarist in the band, him and I used to do door-to-door sales together, because, of course, we did, which is a whole other (laughs) (laughs) uh, time in our lives. But um, he plays in a band called the Tisburys, and I met him when he played at Kung Fu Next High back um, in Philly. They had an upstairs stage, which was super, like, low-key and cool. And uh, he hosted an open mic night, I remember, so I, I came around just to check it out cause i I hadn't been playing music live really at the time i've no, i don't think I've ever played a show in philly um and one night, I think we just like we were playing until probably four a m just doing Beatles covers and specifically uh kids by m g m t we like to play over and over again for like so long that I could tell anybody in the near vicinity was plotting our deaths um <laughs> but I remember, like, we would kind of throw random songs that we were working on at each other, and we finally went, why not, like, just try to play, like, a little gig together or something, or just, like, jam and actually make songs. And we, uh, um, plotted behind, so Doug is our bassist, and we plotted behind his back for a few months, actually, to get him to be the bassist for our group, too. Um, and we hounded him outside of a gig one night until he finally said yes. <laughs> and I'll be grateful for the rest of my life. And we had a few fill-in drummers. Um, my friend Houston, who actually plays in the Tisbury's too, I kind of had all of the members of that band as my backing band at one point. Um, but we finally found Dan Azario, who's our recording engineer's brother. One day we were going in to record a song, and unfortunately the drummer that was going to come in couldn't make it. So Justin called his brother real quick. Who is one of the best drummers I've ever heard in my life. And he was probably recording for five minutes before I, like, begged him hands and knees to be my drummer because he was so fantastic. So it was kind of like a very slow process to get us all together. But the moment that it clicked, like, the amount of production and fun that we had in a short amount of time was insane. I think we finally got Dan in the band in, like, the f- summer of last year. Nice. I think that's our nice origin story. <laughs> hmm
0: Awesome. So once you all came together, it was a pretty um, easy mesh for all of you to work together and play music together?
2: Yeah.
1: I, w- I think we all just have, like, a really similar concept on how we want Riverby to sound and things that we enjoy. Like, we all really because i know with tyler and doug's band in the tisbury's are they do more of like um they have like very springsteen vibes they love like vampire weekend so uh, that that band is a completely different sound than this one and i think it's a good way for them to get out like um punk pop-ish energy and like edgier sounds so we all get really excited to work on this project because it's a lot of like sounds and different um like inspirations that we can bring out. Like I know we keep talking about wanting to be a modest mouse cover band, or at least Tyler and I do. We might spring that on the other two members. Um, nice. But we'll always in the group chat. We're always like, can we do a good Charlotte cover? And I, the amount of times I've heard, like really is amazing. So I think it's just nice to be able to have something to get our energy out, and we really connect with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's something that I love about. Riverbees music is just how energetic it is. Um, You know, there's definitely a dynamic range in the songs in Smart Mouth. Some are more up-tempo, some are a little bit more chill, Um, but I feel like there's a really driving energy throughout all of those songs. Um, And some of that draws from, like you said, kind of earlier 2000s, like indie and pop punk bands. Um, But there's also something really cool and modern about your sound. Um, are there any other bands or artists who um, influence you, either from the past or people who are making music today? Um,
1: I think when we were uh, making the record, we would like put on different songs that we kind of loved the sound of. I know halfway through recording, we realized we loved the get-up Kids, and we really wanted to have that kind of sound. We really were influenced by a lot of like the 1975 synths like electro pop styles. Um I know Tyler keeps pushing he's like, Can we make a pop record? And I'm like, I would love to. I don't know how. Um because all of my songs I, I was very um I was born and raised on like uh Alanis Morissette, Garbage, uh Liz Fair, Fleetwood Mac nice. and Indigo Girls, things like that. So every time I write a song, it comes out usually like very sad and acoustic and like slow. But then when we all get together and we, like, take bits of Mop mouth and I'm big, uh, it's almost unfortunate how tied to, like, May Day Parade and, um, like, All Time Low and uh, <laughs> specifically Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. Anytime <laughs> you hear um, a drum break in any song, that's my little, like, love note <laughs> to that. Uh, I love it. So I think we really just... Uh, yeah, like early two thousands, third eye blind and bare naked ladies. For some reason, we all will listen to together and like, wish that we could write songs about it. So I think that a lot of that went into it too. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll say
0: nice. Yeah, I feel like I definitely hear um, some of that like Alanis Morissette, um, Liz Fair, like 90s, early 2000s kind of lyricism in your writing. Um, This album talks a lot about kind of relationships and finding yourself. um, And I feel like that was really like the 90s and the 2000s were kind of a golden era for songs, a lot of them written by women, about kind of finding yourself and um, finding your own identity outside of just a romantic relationship or any other kind of relationship. So I feel like I definitely hear some of those comparisons
1: in the lyrics on this album. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about bringing self-discovery like very forward in my songwriting, especially because growing up, I mean, I'm I'm a pretty uh, queer non-binary artist out here and I didn't have too many like people that I, I saw myself in when I was growing up like that. So I, I think I'm, I just, I'm trying to look for other queer voices that I can really
2: uh, like be
1: inspired by, but also inspire myself with it. So I feel like self-discovery is really good for the community and trying to figure out who you are. And also accept that even like people who inspire you don't know who they are yet. So it's nice to hear them kind of not struggle with it, but find themselves the same way you are. Hmm. Yeah,
0: I like that. I feel like it's really easy, especially in music, to kind of put people on a pedestal and think, oh, there's this artist that I really like. They must have everything figured out. Um, but I think it's really helpful a lot of times to hear songs about from artists that you love talking about how they don't have everything figured out. Um, I think that can be really reassuring um, and really comforting to a lot of people. Oh
1: yeah. The first time I heard you ought to know by Atlanta, when she's singing about like uh, just how broken she was and how she didn't have anything figured out because of this one person leaving a mess. I was like, Oh my gosh, I get it. I get you. And it's, it's just really nice to know you aren't alone, even with what you might think is, like, a small or silly thing, like a boy or a girl or anyone. <laughs> hmm
0: Yeah, totally. So I know that you sing and play guitar in River Bee. Um, When did you start playing music and writing songs? Um, so...
1: I feel like I've been writing as long as I can remember even just like my diary or anything like that um but my mom actually she was in a band in the 70s uh it was a who cover band called the what and they (laughs) almost got signed actually but they found out they only wanted the girls in the band um to do like little performances it was very sexist and terrible and so they turned it down and she bought me uh my, I play a purple, Ivan has acoustic and she bought me it when I was 10 years old. And I think she did it on purpose. She was like, I'm buying you this really nice guitar because you'll not have an excuse to not play it. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I started uh, terribly playing it at 10. I don't think I learned a bar chord until I was like 18 or 19. I was so stubborn for some reason. I really didn't want to do it. But uh mm-hmm. I need, like really weird um small eat like warp tour songs in my youth. So I would say I've probably been writing songs since I was probably twelve. And so about like fourteen years. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, Please. the weight of age crept upon me <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> it's a long time yeah but that's awesome that your mom got you your first guitar um and that she was kind of an influence um on you starting to play music
1: oh yeah she like when it came to music my mom knew exactly what was up in terms of like inspirations and becoming a good songwriter and I remember she uh sat me down and she asked all right, what's the first song that you want to learn? And I don't know why. I was like, American Pie by Don McLean. Like, I don't know why in my head. I was like, let me learn this 20,000-year song real quick, and it'll be great. And she sat there with me and taught me, like, chord by chord how to play it when I was 10. And I had, like, tiny hands, and I couldn't even play the C chord because my fingers just wouldn't stretch across the frets. And it, it was just really nice to see, like, Obviously, everybody has ups and downs with their childhood and families and everything, but it was nice to have that moment where I was like, oh, she thinks I can do this. Oh, great. Now I have to do this. And she really pushed me to keep learning it, even though I wanted to give up a million times.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that encouragement can definitely make a huge difference. And it sounds like it did make a huge difference on you sticking with music and sticking with guitar.
1: Yeah. She knew I really wasn't cut out for karate or ballet, but I think she was like, this is the final thing I'm really going to spend on you. Please do it.
2: Hmm,
1: That's
0: awesome. And so I know that some of these songs um, on this album, Smart Mouth, um, some of them you started writing quite a while ago. When did you start writing some of these songs on this album? And what made you decide to um, release this collection of songs now?
1: I think i know the first song that i was writing um i started writing the telltale heart when i was 19 so roughly like seven years ago actually 7 seven oh eight i'm turning 27
2: <laughs> but um
1: i started writing that one when i was a little bit younger after i got my heart broken and i put it down for like five or six years because i just didn't have the i don't think i had the emotional energy or honestly like I wasn't mentally ready to finish it, if that sounds right. I don't think I was ready to process the pain that I had gone through to actually come up with a solution in a song. Um, So that's the oldest one. I think the others kind of just came to me over the years. Most of them I wrote just in the past year alone. Um, Echoes I actually wrote the morning that I recorded it, and I kind of composed it as we were recording it in the studio. Um, and Tyler and I wrote Smart Mouth itself uh, which is actually the first song I've written with another person Uh, I think we wrote that back in like January or February maybe I'm not too sure Um, but I think it was just a good collection of songs that in the past year or so, I know I, I'm 26 now, so I feel like it's almost a little late for me, but I finally just came to the clu- conclusion that I just don't care about what anybody thinks anymore. And this was just a really good group of songs that I felt kind of narrated my path and my journey into doing that, especially with Smart Mouth. The song uh, is all about, like, confidence and just owning what you like and your kinks and all of that stuff. Um, i think it was just a good collection of songs that helped me let go and then become who I am and who I wanted to be. Even, like, out of tune, which made me, which is pretty sad. But it was just a nice grouping of songs that told the story of, like, I'm hurt, I've been hurt, but this is me learning how to get through it and
2: process it. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah
0: yeah that's awesome even though these songs were written over you know a span of many years um, they to me do sound really like a cohesive unit and I love the title track Smart Mouth Um, and I think yeah it's such a great thesis statement for this album like you said kind of just accepting this is who I am and I don't really care what anyone else thinks. So yeah, this was just kind of that moment for you to um, shed all of that self-doubt and come out with this really strong collection of songs.
1: Yeah. I I think looking at all of the songs made me realize like, because every single song is kind of about different ways that I've been hurt or like different instances that I've felt pain. And it's like, I think it was just a realization that I have this entire collection of songs about pain, and it's like at one point you just have to accept that no matter what you do in life, you're gonna feel pain, and you might as well just own it and have it, and you can keep it, but don't like hold on to it um and I felt like this was a really nice way of me trying to like get all of that out and move forward, so I'm hoping that the next album that uh we're trying to write uh soonish um might be able to evolve a bit more from pain and hopefully more into like joy, (laughs) which would be cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, totally. What was the process of recording this album like? I know you mentioned that some of these songs were really written the day that they were recorded. Um, What was that process like?
1: Um, So I was really lucky to uh, get a recording engineer that is so in tune with everything he does. His name's Justin Nazario. He uh, works out of Delaware County now. He wasn't in town, but uh, he's a really good friend of ours and the Tisbury's he's recorded all of their stuff too. And he um, has been working with me on almost, I think every single song we've put out. So he's really like him and I just have a very good understanding. I think at this point of what we like want river to sound like and how we want it to grow. Um, so, recording was honestly it was just easy and fun we would go in and we would track all the drums and then we'd do the bass um but it was a really cool collaboration that like if I was stuck on a vocal line or if I was stuck on something Justin would have like a really good input on how to do something one way or a different way or different kind of harmonies that we were looking for and different sounds that we wanted and it got to the point that when we finished recording the album two days before uh, quarantine actually here in Pennsylvania, um we finished it on a Friday, and then we were all quarantined Monday. <laughs> wow, yeah, And the moment we finished recording, I was just like, "Oh man, I can't record anymore. I've got nothing else. like uh, he was he was just so down to try all like different new plugins and different sounds that we'd never tried before and getting it as, like, crunchy as we wanted to or grungy. He also uh, played on a few of the songs doing the guitar solo. So he, uh, that, like, insane riff in at the end of Smart Mouth is all Justin. He just sat there with the guitar and was like, oh, let me fiddle around, and then came up with that insane solo. <laughs> so it, it, was just, it was just fun, and just to hanging out. It was really just like hanging out with your friends and making music that, you and your friends wanted to listen to. And I think that's why it sounds so fun and energetic is because like we were really just making songs that we wanted to listen to. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I definitely hear all of that energy when I listen to this album. Um, Yeah, it really sounds like an album that was written with a great group of friends and with great energy in the recording studio. And that's so lucky, too, that you... Um, got to get into the studio
1: right before quarantine happened? I'll I'll never forget. I, I don't know why. I think in my gut I knew that, like, something big was about to happen, and I was like, I, we need to, before things get worse or bad, I um, I was just like, we just need to finish this really quickly. So Tyler and I hopped on the train one morning and went out there. Um, but I I just, I knew that if we didn't do it then, I didn't think it was going to get done, and I'm very, very grateful that it happened the way that it did, or I wasn't sure what was going to happen, because the album was technically supposed to come out in May, uh, if, like, quarantine and everything wasn't wasn't a thing, so I'm glad. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, what have the past couple months looked like for Riverby? I know every band is kind of tackling these new times differently, whether it's doing online shows or, um, you know, using this time to write. Um, what has this kind of phase of quarantine looked
1: like for your band? Well, I know we've all been working still, which in a, in a way, I guess, is a relief uh, because at least we're, we're keeping up with our bills in this terrible capitalist society. Um hmm. For the most part, I think we've we've just been we got signed to take this to heart in like the beginning, middle ish of quarantine. And we had no idea what was going to happen with that, because I'm going to be honest, of course, that would happen to me. Like, this feels exactly like a situation that my life would produce. (laughs) Um, But I think. We, we've all just kind of been calming down. Um, I know a lot of us have been working on songs on our own, too, that I think we, we've been talking in a group chat of, like, at some point when it is healthy and safe for us to get together, uh, we were going to, like, mess around with some of them. I, I think we've all, we're all just in different places with different people, so we haven't wanted to do too much or mess around, especially with how serious the pandemic situation is. Um, and I've been working pretty hard with the community with uh, the movement surrounding everything right now in terms of Black Lives Matter and the civil rights. So I think we all just collectively understood that Riverby, while we can put out the album and celebrate and do our best from afar. We can kind of chill on it for a little bit, at least, uh, while we tackle some pretty important matters.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think for the most part, we do Zoom calls. We have a nice time. We miss each other a lot. Uh, luckily, Tyler and I work at the same bar, so we've well, we we haven't done more than like a week without seeing each other for the past three years. So that hasn't really changed. Yeah,
0: I saw that you were, um, you're donating all of the album proceeds to the Split Bail Fund as well, which splits donations among various bail funds across the country. Um, how did you choose that cause, and why is that one important for you to donate the proceeds of this album to? Yeah,
1: so uh, I'm really passionate about personally abolishing the prison system that we know. Um, I think that this country has a strange fish with punishment rather than compassion, and I want to see as many people be freed from prisons as possible, especially petty drug charges and looting and rioting, things that people are getting arrested for when they're trying to um, utilize the First Amendment rights right now and protest the civil injustice that's been occurring for hundreds of years in the country. I think it's very important for these people to be safe, especially since COVID-19 is the worst in prisons right now. Uh, There are little to no protections for inmates in these prisons uh, to get proper PPE or medications or even things as simple as like menstrual uh, supplies. Um, I really think that The criminal justice system is wrong in this country. Uh, They don't even get to vote, which is an insane infraction on their rights as people. So if I can help in any way to get people out of those situations back with their families and their communities, I'm going to try my best. I have an astounding amount of privilege being a white person in this country that I feel like if I don't utilize it, then uh, I'm wasting it. And I got to do what I can, at least. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's been amazing for me to see so many people, not just in the music community, but really all over, um, kind of raising more awareness about the injustices that are happening in our prison system and all of these bail funds really being amplified. Um, I know in Minnesota, the Minnesota Freedom Fund got hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations, which is really amazing to see. Um, so it's great to see people really banding together um, and donating to these causes.
1: Yeah, I've seen a few bail funds actually been able to like complete all of the bails for a few uh, jails and prisons, which has been really invigorating and inspiring. Um, and it, but it just proves that there are so many more things that we need to do then. Uh, to tackle because once people are out of prison, it's rehabilitations and making sure that they can get back to their community safely and get jobs. So it's never going to end until we can defund the systems that are against us and reestablish better ones. That's so we're we're always going to keep keep working, you know.
0: Yeah, it's great that there's a lot of momentum right now, but it's definitely just the tip of a large iceberg that's you know been with us since. The beginning of our country so oh yeah it's a lot to work towards (laughs) but
1: it's nice to see even people and honestly like generations that I didn't think were going to stand up and work as hard I I'm very I'm delighted more than I am disappointed to see the amount of people that are either waking up or getting louder about issues um I just think it's important that while we do have this momentum, that it doesn't uh, deplete itself or that we don't get exhausted and then let it die down like has happened over the past few years. So I really think that this might be a turning point for a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely
0: feels like a turning point. There's been so much momentum already around abolishing prisons and abolishing the police um, and really addressing the white supremacy that's really entrenched in our country. So yeah, I hope too that this momentum really keeps going and um, doesn't die out. Is there anything else that you've been doing lately while all of this is going on to kind of center yourself or take care of yourself? Yeah, that's the
1: biggest thing is that it's very important to take care of yourself within everything too. If you wear yourself out, you're not much good helping out anybody else. Um, So I really, I've been, I've been trying to connect more with like my close friends and making sure that I don't, I'm I'm not very good at um, taking care of myself uh, above all else. So I've been very lucky to have a very close knit group of people around me that kind of check me on that. Um, so, like my roommates are super helpful, and it's it's nice to spend quality time with people and cats. Cats have been really good for <laughs> <laughs> for everything. Um, I'm also big into video games. So, I'm honestly, when the world gets when it gets to the point where I I think that I can't take a little bit more, I love to play um, SpongeBob Battle of Bikini Bottom. Rehydrated. Ooh. Breaking Game or a Skyrim. Um, every now and then you do need to kind of disconnect from your own anxieties and issues and escape for even for like a half an hour. And then when you recharge, you can go back to things. Um, I've been trying to write music. I've got a few things that I think might turn into a pretty good song. So I'm excited. Um, but for the most part, I've just been like, Tending a garden <laughs> and playing video games—it's been a good life.
0: <laughs> nice. I mean, that sounds like a pretty great way to spend your time, to me. Gardening and playing some SpongeBob video games—that sounds great.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, fourteen-year-old me would think I'm the shit right now. Like, if I could go back in time and be like, "This is what you're doing every day," I'd be like, "You mean." You're putting out an album on a record label, playing SpongeBob video games, and you get to order pizza whenever you want. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. I can't. I have to. I really. Um, every now and then, when I think life is horrendous, I have to take stride and take a uh, take a little bit of time to recognize just just how good I truly have it.
0: Well, I like to end my podcast episodes um, by asking my guest to give a shout out to someone. So this could be anyone in your life, maybe someone you know personally or someone you don't know who you look up to, um, but is there anyone who you would want to give a shout out to today? Hmm.
1: You know, I would like to shout out uh, Sarah Shower on TikTok. Um, If she ever... Here's this podcast, I just, I want to have maybe a 20-minute conversation with her. I think we could be friends. I love her content. I know I could have used this opportunity for so many other things, but please, Sarah Shower, call me. I I would love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, and also, uh, Donald Trump, if you're listening to this, please go fuck yourself. And that's, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so, so much for having me.
1: This was, this was awesome.
0: Riverbee's album, Smart Mouth, is out now
2: via Take This to
0: Heart Records. It includes the song Giving Tree, which you're listening to now, and the title track, which you heard at the beginning of the episode. The Pass the Mic podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. You can keep up with everything Pass the Mic at pass-the-mic.com and find us on Facebook and Twitter at pass the mag Thanks for listening and see you in the
2: next episode.